0: Amen. Thank you so much for that special music. Take your Bible tonight, please, and open to the book of Psalms. Psalm number one. That's easy to find, approximately the middle of your Bible. Psalm one, the first Psalm. I felt impressed on my heart uh, to preach this message on on getting back to God. Getting back to God. I felt that there was some sense of uh, appropriate timing in this message. And I'm not sure who all will be watching this message tonight and over the days of this coming week, but I feel that there's someone that needs the truth of this message, getting back to God. Um, many times uh, it'll happen in the Christian life where we, we seem to, to drift away from God, we sort of backslide. Some Christians seem to make it their specialty. They uh, come up to God, and they back away from God. And then they're back up with God, and before you know it, away they go again. And some poor Christians, they seem to be away for a long time, months, even years. And I don't know who all is listening, as I say, but I feel someone needs the the truth of this message here on getting back to God. Understand something, that um, with God, failure is not the end. It's important that we realize this, that we don't serve a dead-end God. Our lives are are not dead-end. We're able to come back to God. And if you're listening and you feel like you've been drifting away, or maybe you know that you've been far away from God, I want to encourage you to come back to God tonight. We're given various stories in the scriptures to help us understand this. In Jeremiah chapter 18... We're told about the, the potter and the clay. And the potter made this uh, uh, pottery on his wheel, but the, the pottery got marred in the, in the hands of the potter. And so what he did, he, didn't, he just didn't throw it away. He took it and he worked with it and, and made it something else, something good. Uh, it teaches us that life is not over for us if we mess up. My friend, if you're a backslider, you can come back to God tonight. It was Jonah who was called of God to go preach to the Ninevites. And so he started to run away from God. And he got on the ship and he went out to sea in the Mediterranean. And this huge storm uh, encompassed, enveloped the, the ship. And the experienced sailors did everything they knew how. They thought they were going to die. Finally, Jonah says, I'm the man. I'm the guilty one. I'm the problem. You throw me overboard and your, your lives will be saved. They didn't want to do it, but they ended up throwing him overboard. You know the story and how that God had a big fish prepared, swallowed up Jonah. And then finally, when Jonah prays and God's right, gets right with God, God tells the fish, go spit him up. And that's what happened. And the uh, fish spit up uh, Jonah on dry land. And Jonah had a second chance to go and serve God, a second opportunity. And so perhaps you feel your life is a bit of a failure. Well, tonight I'm going to give you three steps in getting back to God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray now that the truth of this message would find its way home to some heart tonight. That someone would be sitting there and watching and listening and say, that was meant for me. I pray, Father, that there would actually be a revival We sort of think we're in the last days, dear Heavenly Father, the way things are happening in the world around us. It surely reminds us that Jesus is coming. And I pray, Father, for everyone uh, listening and watching tonight, that, oh Lord, you would bless them abundantly and help us all to get back closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's begin with verse 1, and this will be the first step, if you will. And it's very simple. It's get away from the world. Get away from the world. This is so important. Verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It's very clear. It doesn't get much easier than that. Get away from the world. The world, the ways of the world, the things of the world, the lusts and desires of the world, the thinking of the world, the planning of the world, the psychology of the world, all of the ways of the world get away from them. You know, when we get saved, I've got a little illustration here for you. When we get saved, our our souls, our hearts become become clean and white. Can you zero in on, on this illustration here? Look at these beautiful white gloves here I'm, I've, I've got on, on me here. They're beautiful. They're white. They're uh, uh, pure. And it's like that uh, when we get saved and we feel wonderful and clean toward God. But then the old devil, he's smart. He's going to try and get us to start to mess with the world and fiddle with things of the world. A little here, a little there. And before you know it, the gloves don't look like this anymore. In fact, I'll show you what the gloves end up looking like if you watch very carefully. Boy, I tell you, I'd never make a thief. Not a very good one anyhow. Can't even put on the rubber gloves. Look at that. Tell me, beloved, does your heart ever feel like that? It, whereas once it was white as could be. Now look at it. Your mind, where does your mind go? Your thoughts, your habits, your actions. Hmm? That's what I'm talking about tonight. Okay, you can zero back out there with the uh, the camera. Thank you very much. It's just an illustration, but it tells us that if we dabble and fiddle with the world, we're going to become like the world. The Bible seems to give us a process and the devil, he doesn't do it all overnight. It's step by step, gradual by gradual. And if you think about your life and the times that you failed God and the times you've gotten into sin, you'll find that it's usually a little temptation, a little stronger temptation, a little dabbling, and before you know it, your hands are into it. The Bible talks about being friends of the world in James chapter 4, verse 4. And then in James chapter 1, verse 27, it talks about being spotted by the world. First, you're friends, and then you become spotted. In First John 2, 15, it talks about the love of the world. Now we're not only friends and spotted, but we're actually loving the world and the things of the world. And then in Romans 12, verse 2, it talks about being conformed, conformed. In fact, it tells us not to be conformed. But the idea is we can become conformed to the ways of the world, which is all in the devil's will and the devil's plan. And then finally, in 1 Corinthians 11 and uh, verse 32, it's being condemned. Imagine that, being condemned with the world. Boy, you know, I think of Lot, and Lot was a... Uh, a Christian man. He was a just man. He was born again. He knew the Lord. The Bible makes that very clear. The Bible says he vexed his righteous soul. So you have to be saved in order to have a righteous soul. You can't be a wicked, lost sinner and have a righteous soul. So Lot, who was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, had a righteous soul. And he vexed his righteous soul day by day with the wickedness that he saw and the wicked things that he heard. And he He followed this very process. He first pitched his tent towards Sodom. And then before you know it, he's living in Sodom. And then Sodom started living inside of him. Sad, isn't it? But consider Lot and the end of his story. When he finally was dragged out of of Sodom, everything he had went up in smoke. Everything. What a sad ending. And so what we're learning here is Get away from the world. Get away from the world. Sometimes there's problems you have to fix with a little pen knife. Other times there's problems that you have to fix with an axe. You take out the big wood chopper's axe and you fix the problem with an axe. Sin, lust, things of the world have to be dealt with severely. The cross is a severe place to deal with with sin. Jesus died on the cross. The death of the cross is very serious. And we need to take our, our sinful habits and we need to nail them to the cross is what we need to do. So you need to get away, break the ties with the world. If you have certain connections through internet with worldliness and you know it's wrong, it's pulling you down, you need to cut those. If you have connections with certain people, friends that are, Pulling you away from the Lord. You need to cut those. You need to get away from the world. If you fail on this step. You fail the whole thing. This step is so important. You have to get away from the world. The second step. Is to get into the word. Get into the word. You see in verse 2. But his delight. Is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate. Day and night. You want to get into the word is what you want. Let's take a look, please, uh, at Psalm 119. We'll come back to Psalm 1. Put your finger there. But let's go over to Psalm 119, It's the longest single chapter in the whole Bible. And we come to verse 103. Do you think you can read this verse out loud with me? I hope you have your Bibles open with you in your home. I hope you're not just sitting there. I hope you have your Bible open. Quick, run, go get it. All right, can't wait any longer. Verse 103, let's all read it together. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And that's what the word of God is. Now, if you've been away from the word of God for a length of time, you're not going to have that real honey, sweet taste experience with the Word of God. You're going to have to get back in the Word in order to get, that, get your taste buds going, and the Word of God will become sweeter and sweeter to you. There's a, a, a story of when uh, uh, there was war in Israel, and King Saul was on the throne, and his son Jonathan was out uh, fighting like the rest of the men, and King Saul said, uh, Cursed be anyone that eats anything. Uh, For the next, uh, I forget what it was, 24 hours or something. And so Jonathan, his son, didn't know it. And uh, he found some honey. And he had some. And oh, it was sweet to the taste and it refreshed him. That's how the word of God is to us. It's like that. Turn back to the book of Job. Back a few pages to Job chapter 23. Look at what Job said concerning God's word. Job 23, and please look at verse 12. Follow with me. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Why don't you take a pen or pencil and underline these next words? Underline these next words. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Ah. How many Christians go without food? Not many. How many Christians go without the word of God every day? Too many. If we want to get back to God, we're going to have to make the first step. And that's to get away from the world. And then we're going to have to take the second step. And that's to get ourselves into the word of God. I don't know a whole lot about ducks quack-quack ducks, but I know that there are two basic kinds of ducks, one called uh, puddle ducks and another called diver ducks. Now, the puddle ducks are something like the the mallard ducks, which happen to be one of my favorite ducks, by the way. And uh, these are puddle ducks. And they'll just be in uh, shallow water, and they'll splash around, and they'll look for Whatever they can eat. But the diver ducks, they go down, right down to the bottom of the lake where the plankton is and the rich seaweed, let's call it. Some of them have been known to dive as deep as 150 feet. Do you get deep into the Word of God? Do you study the word of God like you should? Or are you one of those that just say, ah, let's see what the Bible has to say today, and you open it randomly and let your finger fall? Ah, well, that doesn't make any sense. Let's try it again. And you try it two or three times till you think you got something. Well, I don't even think a puddle duck could live on that. Brothers, sisters, we need to get into the Word of God. We need to get deep into the Word of God. You say, where do I start? Well, I've always believed in starting in the book of Psalms and Proverbs. This past week, I happened to hear a, a speaker on the Christian radio, and and uh, he was under the impression uh, that if you just start with Psalms and just start reading, God will direct you. And you know, I think he's right. I think he's right on that one. I think that... God will lead us. As long as you sit with your arms folded and your Bible closed. You're never going to get anywhere. You, you get your Bible open. Start it with Psalm 1 verse 1. And just start reading your way through. And you'll find that God will lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll take you by the hand. He'll start speaking to your heart. Oh, listen. Listen. Your relationship with God is a matter of the heart. You know, as a pastor over the last almost 40 years now, I've, I've done a lot of preaching and I've seen a, how a lot of people come to church, behave themselves in church and leave church. And sometimes we have people these days that come to church and they go to sleep. They actually snore. Have you ever snored in church? There's a joke about a pastor who dreamt he was preaching and woke up and found he was. That's funnier if you're a pastor, by the way. That's an inside pastor's joke, I suppose. Uh, I've seen people fall asleep in church. I've seen people play with their devices during the preaching. I've seen people write notes back and forth. I've seen them daydream. I know they're daydreaming. I can tell by the look on their face. They're daydreaming. Folks, you never want to fall asleep during the preaching of God's word. Never. Never want to fall asleep at all. Sleepers lose so much. The sleepers lose out. You want to get up a a little bit early in the morning. So you can spend rich time with God in your prayer closet. Sleepers, they miss it all. In the New Testament, a young man went to evening service. His name was Eutychus. He fell asleep during the preaching. And he fell out of the window three stories down. He woke up dead. How about that? It's a good thing the Apostle Paul was handy. Samson, he fell asleep in Delilah's arms, and he woke up bald. They say that in the Garden of Eden, Adam fell asleep and woke up married. That's just humor, though. At least I thought it was funny. But sleepers do miss so much. You need to get into the Word, my friend, and you need to let the Word get into you. And you need to think about what it is that you're reading. Don't do speed reading. Zip, 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 zip. Don't do that. Read it word for word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word. So make sure you read every word. Every word is there for a reason. And so read every word. Oh, but it takes time. Hey, there's a lot of things that take time. Growing up takes time. Little children, oh, I wish I was 16. I get my license. It'll come. It'll come too soon. Don't worry. Just keep growing up. You know, then when we do grow up, then we wish we were young again. We're like that, aren't we? I don't know. We're strange people, aren't we? We always want something we can't seem to have. People with straight hair want curly hair. People with curly hair want straight hair. People with no hair, well, that's another matter. Meditation is to your soul what digestion is to your body. So meditate on the word And let it get into you. So step number one is get away from the world. Step number two is get into the word. And step number three is step into the river. We could say dip your feet in the river. I sort of like the sound of step into the river. I kind of like that. Look at verse three. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And it doesn't matter if it's in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I like that. I want to be a prospering Christian. I want to be a fruit bearing Christian. I want the leaves of my tree to be green all year long. I want to step into the river. You see I need to step away from the world don't I I need to step into the word I need to step into the river you know the river I think is really like the holy spirit I think the holy spirit is like our river Jesus said that out of out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and this spake he of the holy ghost and so I think the the river here is very much like like uh, the Holy Spirit. And folks, that's what you and I need. We absolutely need it. Many Christians, though, they're not like this. I mean, this is a fruit-bearing tree, isn't it? This is wonderful. Many Christians are more like the, uh, the fig tree that Jesus came to, and he was expecting figs. Remember that? And then there was no figs on it. And so he cursed the tree, and the next day it had withered up. It was all dried up. Some Christians are like that, and they're all dried up. Let me ask you, my Christian friend, do you find your roots going down deep into the hidden resources of the Holy Spirit? Do you find that you have stepped into this wonderful river? We must hurry, but I want you to see the other half of this verse. The world has a problem. Here's the world now. The ungodly in verse four, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Chaff, it's just the outer husk of the the grain. It's kind of worthless. And they would winnow this together after they've crushed it all up, separating the grain from the chaff and they would toss it in the air and the wind would blow away the chaff and the, the grain, the heavier grain would fall down the good grain. But the ungodly have no substance. They have not Christ in them. They have no ability to step into the water. They, they are certainly not away from the world. They're in the world. They're part of the world. They're, they're not interested in the word of God. They're in other things, but not the word of God. And they're like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Verse 5. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish, shall perish. God wants to use your life, my Christian friend, to help others come to know Jesus as Savior. You need to be like that tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. People need to look at your life and see that. They need to see a difference between their life and your life. And that difference needs to be Jesus Christ. They need to see that. Listen, my friend, if you're here tonight, listening, watching this broadcast, and in your heart, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to hasten. You need to come to Christ today. You need to lay down any weapons of rebellion. And you need to humble yourself at the cross. And you need to ask Jesus to forgive you all of your sin. Those are the bad things you've done. The bad thoughts and bad words and horrible things and things you feel guilty about. Your your guilt is, is a good indicator for that. And you need to ask the Lord to forgive you. You need to ask. Jesus, who is God, the creator, to forgive your sin and come into your heart and be your savior. If you're watching this broadcast and you know you're saved, you just know you're not living for God the way you should. You need to get back to God now. Don't wait. Don't put it off. You need to get back now to God. We don't know what's coming down the pipe tomorrow or this week. So get back right with God now. Would you do that? Would you do that? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes in prayer?